Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 297 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Daryl, how are you doing? Hello there, I'm doing great. Excellent. So uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, I think the first thing I would like to talk about is that huge show that we, talk, we talked about after the strength of seeing a still. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a very expensive sci-fi offering by the name of Intergalactic. Yes. Which is a British-made sci-fi extravaganza, which I managed to watch the first episode of. And yeah, it was really great. It reminded me of a bit of first season Discovery. Right, okay. Um, just in that very action-based sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I don't tell you too much about it between the first episode and the sort of tease you get, but we do get introduced to our protagonist. It's quite an interesting character, a former cop wrongfully accused in future London. Yes. And then we learn a little bit about that, is that uh, when people are put up on charges, they are transported off-world to be held in detention, and something happens during that attempt to take them off-world, which I won't say anymore. But yeah, it was a great start. Looked very expensive, great special effects, fun sort of plot, lots of interesting characters. So yeah, I'd recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I know it's got a bit of a mixed reaction off some people, but um, certainly I've been really enjoying it. I interviewed Julie Geary, who is the writer of the series. She did things like Prisoner's Wives and Secret Diary of a Cool Girl. So this is her first venture into kind of sci-fi. One of the kind of slight touchstones for it was the old TV show Blake Seven, which had a had a similar thing of a group of people who were, were accused of crimes going on the run basically in a stolen spaceship. Same sort of thing happens with uh, Intergalactic. I don't think that's giving too much away because that all happens in the first episode but I'm a bit further into it than uh, you are by the sounds of it if you've only seen the first episode because I've already seen the first three because I interviewed the cast as well which went out oh, on a podcast oh. a while back. It's got a really good cast on it. It's well written drama that happens to be set in space I think is kind of, you know, it's got some good sci-fi elements to it as well but underneath it all it's just quite a good well-written drama you know there's interesting interactions between the characters I think the cast is brilliant Sharon Duncan Brewster is great as uh, Tula who's like this really vicious con that they've got in there Savannah Stein's doing an amazing job considering this is basically her first time leading a show I think she's doing a wonderful job in there you've got uh, Paminda Nagra who plays her mother who's great Uh, Thomas Turngoose from This Is England who's kind of 
wonderful comic relief. Natasha O'Keefe is in there from Peaky Blinders. Oliver Cooper Smith, which if you've only seen the episode, you won't have met him yet, but he's fantastic as a character. And uh, Craig Parkinson as well from Line of Duty, who's brilliant. And uh, I really enjoyed his character as well. So just some wonderful, wonderful cast. And uh, it's a really interesting story, I think. Well, I'm very much enjoying that show. Cool. Um, off that, I also watched a sci-fi film by the name of Enhanced, also known as Mutant Outcast, depending on where in the world you're watching it. And it's a pretty straightforward superhero super soldiers of the run from the government agency that wants to bring them in. Right. And with that plot, suddenly we have a much stronger super soldier serial killer emerges, and he's going around hunting all the super soldiers from their, from that program. And we follow a young woman trying to escape and follow along on her journey. Clearly made film with the Mark brothers, Chris and James. They're known for doing martial arts fight choreography on YouTube, producing a few independents of shows and such. Ah. And after I watched it, I found out that it is a sequel of sorts to a 2017 film called hmm, is it Kill Order. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. I just happened to see it when I was looking at a distribution company's website and I thought <laughs> the trailer sounded interesting and I recognized the star. She appeared in Killjoys in like the final season as the big bad. Ah, okay. So that's why I decided to watch it and yeah, amazing action scenes. VFX is quite good. They do they do a lot with little and yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Okay, cool. Where did you find that? Um, you can buy a Prime Video. Okay. So you have to buy it so it's an arm thing. Nice little sort of indie sci-fi films. They can be quite good some of those little indie sci-fi things. So. Yeah. yeah. Quite frequently in action so you'll see people recognise like um, Inspector Singh from The Flash pops <laughs> up as well. Right. The final thing I watched was um, the new DC animated film Justice Society World War 2. Right, yeah. Which is an interesting one. One of what I call the off ones which is the ones that aren't linked by an ongoing story. Um, yeah. It's set in what we find out eventually is an alternate Earth in which our by Aaron the Flash finds himself thrust into during a fight where he teams up with Superman to fight against Brainiac as in the bad brain and not the not yeah. the cutesy one that we see on Supergirl yeah so during that fight he, he runs too fast and punches a hole through dimension as you want to do <laughs> we've all done it and he gets drawn into this world I don't think it's given away too much by Dr. Fate because you see a symbol right in like first 15 minutes right so eagle-eyed DC fans will know yeah uh, we sort of follow along that story and in that it's a justice society consistent of ooh let's recommend all of them Our Man Hawkman Black Canary Jay Garrick The Flash and led by Wonder Woman okay he sort of runs straight into World War 2 where they're over in Europe trying to do their bit yeah as those animated shows I think most of those I would rate like a, an easy 8 and 8.5 this one comes in a more of a 6 right okay so not one of the stronger it's really, of the it, it feels DC a bit anime. yeah it just feels a bit paid by numbers there's nothing particularly surprising that happens during it right so that's yeah that's about it got a pretty solid cast there's some names I recognise like Stan Akatix oh, oh yeah the voice voicing. yeah the voice talent of these is always pretty excellent Matt Bowman has been doing Superman for a while now he's done it in a few different animated ones and usually the ones that have this weird animation style where everything has a black border right once you see it you understand what I mean it's hard mm. to explain outside of that but yes that was how I've been spending my recent weeks interestingly Matt Bowman is actually doing the flash in this it's Darren Chris doing Superman so oh. <laughs> then you've got Stan Akatix doing Wonder Woman Liam McIntyre 
who you'll know from the the Spartacus series. Uh, he did he yeah. was playing Aquaman in it as well. So uh, yeah, some some good names in that. I've not really done many of the DC animated things. I know that that sort of interconnected DC animated world has quite a lot of fan love, and it's one of those weird things where they seem to have got it right with the animated stuff and then messed it up with all the live action film stuff. So yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. Yeah, so uh, I I need to go and watch through some of those because I have access to them all. So I really should uh, go and uh, watch through those animated films. For me, I was on animation as well a bit this week because uh, The Bad Batch came out, which is this new Dave Filoni series on Disney+, Plus, which is a sort of continuation of The Clone Wars, basically. And uh, what's really interesting about this, I mean, the, the Bad Batch is a group of, I don't want to say defective clones, a group of kind of altered clones. So they've got special abilities and they were were known as the Bad Batch because they weren't sort of following orders as much as the rest of them and they popped up at various points in the Clone War series I think probably Rebels as well what's quite interesting about this show is it literally starts after Order 66 where the clones are told to turn on the Jedi and they dovetail it into that event so of course these clones being slightly sort of different and defective don't actually follow the orders and they sort of see everything that's going on and are kind of confused by what sort of happened and end up going back to Kamino and and then things go kind of horribly wrong from there. It's quite interesting because that's an area of the Star Wars universe that hasn't really been that explored. You know, whenever we've seen it on mm. shown on screen before, there's always been a reasonable, quite large time jump. Whereas this is literally picking up as the events of exactly sort of what happened straight after the order went through. And the galaxy, of course, itself, that was the same time that the galaxy returned from a republic into an empire. So you're seeing the bits and pieces of of that happening as well. So it's got a really rich and interesting backdrop of an area of Star Wars, which we kind of know quite a lot about, but we've never really seen presented on screen before. So I've found that really quite interesting. And um, I mean, as with all the Dave Filoni animated series, it's really well put together. The animation's great, very much in the same style of Clone Wars and uh, Rebels and just slots in there really, really nicely. Uh, for, you know, so if you've worked your way through all the Clone Wars series, then this is definitely something that you should be picking up straight afterwards. I was talking to Matt, actually, and he hasn't watched... I, I haven't actually seen all of the Clone Wars yet. I'm working my way through that as well. But it does work. You know, you don't need to know all the background of the Clone Wars stuff to kind of get what's going on oh. with these characters. He was actually picking it up pretty well without knowing anything at all. So it is something that you can pick up as a series on itself. But I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that was a really good show. I don't know, have you caught any of this yet? No, I haven't seen any of it. Last weekend was very busy. We're yeah. obviously something that you're about to talk about. Right, yeah. The other thing that I watched this week was uh, Jupiter's Legacy, which has just started on Netflix. I've only seen sort of about one and a half episodes of this so far, but oh. uh, I, I'm not like, I haven't binged my way through it yet. I was busy doing other things this weekend, so I haven't managed to get that mm. far through it. It's really interesting watching this show in the wake 
of Invincible, I found. Oh, okay. Because there are some similarities. I mean, it's not by no means is it identical. No. Um, obviously, one's animated, one's live action. There are there are some interesting sort of things where it is about you know there is a, an older generation of superheroes and a younger generation of superheroes. But in this particular case, you've got the older generation that are trying to sort of pass the mantle onto this younger generation, and it's set in this sort of backdrop of kind of the world as it is now where you know things have gone maybe not quite the way that they want them to go and there's this ongoing discussion about should the heroes be doing more and some people seem to think they should and some people think they shouldn't there's some really interesting battle sequences particularly in the i think it's the end of the first episode yeah i think Mm -hmm. it's the end of the first episode where they are trying to take out a super villain and there is a large fight sequence and it was interesting seeing that in live action whereas compare that to how visceral some of the invincible fight sequences were which were essentially doing similar kind of things and i thought it was well done as a fight sequence but part of me did want them to up the gore a little bit more and just having seen it on invincible i think they did a good job with it though and i did enjoy the opening episode of it i'm happy to continue watching the rest of it i think it's a solid enough uh, show this is based on one of mark miller's comic books which of course netflix bought miller world a couple of years ago so they have access to all his stuff and this is kind of the first live action thing to come out of that deal so uh, what did you think of it i watched the whole thing um i was a bit disappointed really like mm. you after i watched the first episode oh this is going to be good but unfortunately at that point it started to fail to deliver mm. it has a structure of having a large flashback so half the episode is set in the past yes and it's sort of running up to when the first generation gets their powers mm-hmm. and obviously the other other half of it is everything that you see in the first episode you know the first generation is growing older um, the next generation is coming in not quite the same beliefs yeah unfortunately it's just it's just really slow it feels absolutely glacial right um, you watch waiting and hoping that something's going to happen just the way it moves it doesn't work for me I know some people Grace on I forget what her YouTube show is but she was very much enamored with the past scenes so right. the scenes we get in the 20s yeah, the end of the 20s into the 30s that was something that worked for her mm. if that's not something that you're interested in so if you're not like a great Gatsby sort of person you're not and that doesn't hold you then you're stuck with half an episode where things in the current timeline aren't really moving that fast mm. and so beyond that I've got some issues with in terms of the diversity of the cast which you have to see all the way through to I guess get right. and understanding why I think it feels very short so it feels more like half a season than an right. actual season mm. I don't know if they're maybe incredibly confident about getting a next season I suppose probably it because it is very much a core Netflix one that they own the rights themselves yeah for what I see online it's very marmite in terms right. of how people take it some people absolutely love it other people it doesn't move the media which is the same thing for me really I felt like I wanted my time back after I spent those eight hours watching that right that's interesting I, I did wonder whether the flashback stuff might drag it down a bit I enjoyed the flashback sequences because it's sort of this interesting idea that obviously you know they're superheroes they in the 20s don't have their powers so at some point you are obviously going to get introduced in the series to them getting their powers that's fairly apparent but I did wonder if that's going to get stretched out throughout the entire sort of series of those flashbacks and that's going to be yeah and and that's that maybe is going to drag it down a little bit but you know I, I enjoy that world though I mean 
mean, I'm I'm okay with that world. I think it's sort of interesting that you have got it set in these two time periods of this sort of the you know the flashbacks and the modern day as well. So I mean, I was sort of okay with that, and I am interested in that. But I thought that may be a pacing issue, depending how they were going to handle that and what the story develops into. So that's sort of interesting to hear. I will still end up watching the whole thing, I think. And as you say, I mean, the the thing this does have going for it is the fact that it is owned by Netflix in its entirety. So, you Mm. know, they bought Miller World. So I think it was at number three, I think, over the weekend on the Netflix in the UK. Uh, I don't know how it's doing nationally, but that's sort of okay. Maybe not as high as they necessarily wanted it. I think they possibly would have liked to have seen it at number one, but it was certainly trending at number three when I went and looked at it, I think yesterday or the day before. So we'll see how well it's done and whether they, I mean, you know, this will be a real test of whether Netflix are are prepared to even cancel shows that they actually own as well, because they seem to be bringing the hatchet down on uh, things a lot more freely than they used to at this point. So um, we'll see what happens, but I am going to watch the rest of it, definitely, because I found the story enjoyable. As I say, the, the only thing that kind of struck me having just finished sort of Invincible last week was the visceralness of the Invincible scenes in animation compared to very similar big brawling fight scenes in this and the camera cutting away because they didn't want it to be kind of overly violent. I mean, there were some pretty bad bits in this as well with that first big fight sequence, but I kind of wanted to see more, you know. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting me so far and, uh, you know, I'm about halfway through the second episode at the moment, so I will continue and finish watching it. I will let you know what I think when I get to the end, either next week or the week after. Um, So that's the stuff we've been watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. TV and film news this week. We start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. We have a couple of big cancellations, uh, one of which is, uh, as we were talking about Netflix bringing the hatchet down, The Irregulars, which has been cancelled, which was that Sherlock Holmes kind of related thing that uh, Netflix had. Yes, supernaturally. Yeah, supernatural kind of Sherlock Holmes thing. Cancelled after one season, despite the fact that the Nielsen ratings, which they run in the US, which track these sort of things, was landing in Netflix tops 10 list and was edging out the Falcon and Winter Soldier in the uh, weekly US streaming charts at the end of April. I mean, it's still way lower than some of their big hitters like Bridgerton and the Queen's Gambit, but you'd think that would be enough to save it. So it seems a little odd that they've cancelled that after one season. Plus, it seemed to have gone down pretty well with fans. You know, there seemed to be a lot of fan love for it. So I I actually haven't watched it. I I don't know whether you've seen this series. Yeah, I have seen it. I've seen what I think 
think I've seen about four episodes now. It's pretty good. It's very teen skewing, but it tells a good story. The supernatural lore and stuff in it is very good. Mm. Um, it's a and it's a novel take on especially Watson, but also Holmes. And I definitely recommend watching it. So I am a bit surprised, especially for it to be for the hammer to come down so soon. Mm. So you're very sure about this. And one thing that Netflix likes to differ about things. Yeah. Sometimes. So it's, it's quite strange to see them be so quick to say, no, we're not coming back with this. Yeah, I but mean... it's a shame. Given the numbers... Ex- excellent cast as well. Yeah, I mean, given the numbers, it does seem a little bit odd that they've decided not to bring that back and sort of feels like there might be something else going on with that show, but it seems like an oddity that, that uh, they decided to cancel the irregulars. So... Um, does the first season we wouldn't know you only four episodes in I do wonder whether the first season runs off in a reasonable way or not apparently it does because I can remember looking at a video that recommended it that suggested that the first season does sort of really cut things off so Mm. okay I did wonder how it would come back so yeah okay well I mean there you go so uh, that will not be returning that's the irregulars the other thing which announced had been cancelled this week was Absentia which is the Stan Akatic series which runs on Amazon I think over here I enjoyed the first season of that show. I don't think I watched the second and I'd completely forgotten there was a third. So, I mean, I'd kind of dropped off it. But I thought the first season was very good. All three seasons have gone out already. I think the third season went out last year, but they have said that it is not coming back now. That is gone. In terms of renewals, Big Sky, they announced, has been renewed for a second season, which, I mean, none of these are particularly shocking. Big Sky back for a second season. I don't think anybody is surprised that that's returning, given what a huge hit it is. It's been Good Doctor returning for a fifth season. CW, as the fluffy CW always does, uh, renewed Kung Fu for a second season, which, I mean, there's, that's been going gangbusters. So, I mean, you've been watching that, haven't you? You've... Yeah, Kung Fu, it's just a really fun show. So that's back for a second season. Stargirl returning for a third season, even before the second season has even aired as well. That will be coming back, which I think is a good sign. I enjoyed the first season of that. I think second season is yeah, good. I, think it's, I think it's also just sort of highlight that the CW is sticking with DC stuff just because obviously it's a bit of a culling at the end of this season with mm. both Black Lightning and Supergirl going off into Wild Beyonder and yeah. also no end of um, interesting social media stories related to various actors in the Arrowverse and also the two visual cast members of The Flash leaving. Yes, so, yeah, we'll get to so that. I guess it's a, it's a good positive news story in a bit of a sea of I don't know, indifferent news stories perhaps. Yeah, I think there is a bigger discussion we will come to a bit later about the Arrowverse. Then Mayans MC renewed for a full season at FX, so uh, that will be coming back. Uh, when Calls the Heart, which I think is a Hallmark series, but runs on Netflix over yeah. here, that's returning for a ninth season. One of the surprises, Sanderton, which is the Jane Austen series, which ran on ITV, was it 2019? I think that the first season of that ran. ITV cancelled it after one season. Basically said, we love the show, but it really doesn't have the numbers and there is no way we can justify renewing it. PBF Masterpiece and Britbox have now got together, uh, Britbox UK, and have renewed it for a second and third season. So uh, PBS Masterpiece, we ran it in America and it'll go out on Britbox in the UK. The only change really will be that uh, Theo James will not be returning, but I think his storyline was kind of wrapped up in the in the first season. So um, that will be coming back. So I know there's quite a lot of Jane Austen fans that will probably be quite happy about that. And ABC today have renewed Grey's 
Anatomy for season 18, along with the fifth season of Station 19 as well, which again doesn't come as a huge shock, although the renewal was pretty much up to um, the cast. I mean, the entire thing really hinged on um, whether Ellen Pompeo, Chandra Wilson and James Pickens Jr. re-signed their cast because all their contracts were up this season. They were sort of trying to negotiate. I mean, out of the three of them, I'm guessing Ellen's the one that you kind of got to make sure comes back, but they have only signed their contract for another year. So they'll have to go through this renewal process all over again next year. But there was apparently some quite intentional negotiations going on with the uh, cast members about coming back. They haven't said that the 18th season will be a final season either. So there is a good chance that it may come back again. They're leaving the options open for them to return to it again next year. That's good news for Grey's fans because, I mean, it is the longest running medical drama on US TV right now. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's got to end at some point. But uh, as of right now, it is getting an 18th season. It may even come back for a 19th season next year. We don't know. And yeah, obviously, with that being renewed, Station 19 is also being renewed as well. In terms of other sort of renewals and cancellations, because we are coming up into upfronts period where everything gets cancelled and renewed. As I said before, I think probably this Friday is likely to be the day where we see the standard Friday Night Massacre butchery of like everything getting cancelled and renewed. Uh, they may not happen because things are slightly different with you know COVID and everything, but all the upfronts do start to come out from the 17th, which is where they present new shows and things. So the chances are that a lot of the cancellations and renewals will be coming out this week. In terms of things that are left over, we went through these a little bit, but I'm sort of focusing on shows which do air in the UK. SEAL Team still don't know whether it's going to get renewed or cancelled at CBS at the moment. However, as some people have pointed out, that the renewal would push it over 100 episodes, which does help selling it downstream for things like streaming services and when they sell it in syndication in the US, which is when they sell it on to kind of smaller networks and stuff as a sort of job lot. Usually you need over 100 episodes to do that. So that may just push it back for at least one more season. We don't know at the moment, but there seems to be an indication that that is probably what's going to end up happening. So it it may come back for a season, but it may be a final season. 911 and 911 Lone Star at Fox is almost certainly safe, although they haven't announced the renewals for those yet. Uh, Resident also is probably okay as well over there. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on NBC still very much on the bubble. There is a lot of love of that show out there. You know, it has a very rabid fan base. Its numbers really aren't great, but much like The Good Place, as we were talking about last week, which also didn't have the greatest of numbers, there is a lot of fan love and critical love for that show. So I think maybe that might swing it and might get NBC to keep it around. But we'll have to wait and see for that. It's very, very much could go either way, that show. The ones to be really worried about, Prodigal Son, which is really, really not doing well in the ratings in the US. I think it's like their lowest rated scripted drama. Apparently part of the problem with that is the fact that they cast Michael Sheen in it because obviously Michael Sheen big actor he has other projects as well so he only has a certain amount of time he can do to you know be in this TV show so uh, that messes around with the production schedule and uh, that causes issues so uh, they've said part of the problem with it is that but um, we'll have to wait and see but that quite possibly is not going to come back Good Girls as we said last week doesn't perform well on the NBC on the network but does really well on streaming services and 
I think they own the show, so that may actually keep it around because they still make money off it. For Life is going to be struggling, though, I think, because it was a bit of a bubble show last year, but got picked up again. It's the lowest rated drama on ABC right now. So I have a feeling that probably won't make it out of uh, its second season, unfortunately. Those are the shows to keep an eye on. I mean, by the time this goes out, some of these may be renewed and because we're recording this on the Monday. We may have renewals and cancellations for some of these by tomorrow, by the time I put it up tomorrow evening. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Anything particular you're kind of looking out for there? It would be Particle Sun. It's just a wacky, loads of fun procedural. <laughs> also featuring Lou Diamond Phillips, who's just yeah. so quietly been potting around on network TV. Turning up in great shows. I remember him um, on Longmire. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope to see Particle Sun return. But yeah, I can see with it being on Fox, it was always going to be a worry for whether it would hang around or not. Yeah, the other issue with that is the fact that, I mean, it's a Blanty production, which means that it's also a Warner Brothers TV production. So it's not entirely Fox's either, which means that probably not making quite as much money for them as it would be if they entirely owned it and, you know, made it themselves internally. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how many shows Fox actually make themselves these days, because, of course, you know, Fox in the US is Fox Corp. It's not part of Disney anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see with that. But uh, I think Prodigal Son may be in trouble. I hope they bring it back because I really enjoyed the first season I, and I think the characters are great and I could watch Michael Sheen all day. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. One of the new shows that Fox has picked up is a thing called The Cleaning Lady, which stars a lady young from Daredevil. You remember as a lecturer in Daredevil. She, it's based on an Argentinian series. It uh, stars her as a doctor who comes to the US for medical treatment to save her ailing son. When the system fails and pushes her into hiding, she refuses to be beaten down and marginalised. Instead, she becomes a quote-unquote cleaning lady for the mob and starts playing the game by her own rules. That's the setup for it. She's basically a very intelligent doctor that sort of finds herself as the cleanup person for various mob activities, which I think is an interesting premise for a show. I like Elodie Young quite a lot. I think she was uh, good as a lecturer. So um, yeah, that could be an interesting one to watch out for. Don't know where that way land over here, of course, because as I've just said, you know, Fox in the UK is owned by Disney, whereas Fox in the US is owned by Fox Corp. So there are two entirely separate entities. So really could end up anywhere over here. Assuming that gets picked up over here, we'll have to wait and see. Moving back over onto Disney, uh, interesting little announcement. Loki is actually moving up a couple of days. So it was supposed to be going out on a Friday. It is now going out on Wednesday, the 9th of June, and will go out every Wednesday instead of Fridays. So uh, something particularly me and Matt have been complaining about is the fact that they don't understand that there are more days than Fridays when it comes to streaming services, because everybody seems to release everything on a Friday, which is kind of annoying. So um, they've posted a little video of Tom Hiddleston basically saying Wednesdays are the new Fridays. So I don't know. I don't. I actually like Fridays because it doesn't make it's easier than to choose to watch something. <laughs> but so like trying to dodge Loki spoilers for two days while at work doesn't sound like fun to me. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. And the thing is, that's also another reason for Fridays because if you post things on Fridays, that means that you get to blow up the weekend social media. Yes. But- so 
it's, it's, an inter- it's an interesting choice, but they've obviously done their numbers and feel like it won't mess with their demos and stuff. So I'll have to see. But yeah, for people who have to be on social media, that's a nightmare. I do understand that. There is the additional problem that because there is so much when you're trying to market this stuff and everything gets released on a Friday now, you know, mm-hmm. all the Netflix mm-hmm. series, all the new Amazon series, all the Disney Plus series, they're all dropped on a Friday, which means that, like you say, you have to go and then pick something to watch. So you're battling a lot more things in terms of in the same way that if you were, you know, scheduling something at 9pm on a standard network TV on a on a Tuesday or whatever it was, you know, you're battling against everything else that's released at that time. So you're fighting in a much bigger crowd. Um, whilst, yes, I mean, Loki is going to get traction, I think, because it's Loki regardless. I think this is an interesting one to try as an experiment to move to a Wednesday to see what happens because they know that they're going to get traction on that show whatever happens but I think it's interesting that they are looking to try and move things out of that kind of cluster of of the Fridays because I mean it's one of those things that yeah I mean I would go and watch Loki on a Friday but it, it could then mean that I would miss something else that was released on a Friday and see spoilers for that the next day because I'd only have so much time that I could watch things on a Friday night so yes you're saying dodging spoilers is a problem if it's released on Wednesday but equally Equally for something else that's released on a Friday, if you get a couple of big shows that are released on a Friday and you don't get a chance to watch them both, you're then dodging spoilers anyway. So I'm okay Perhaps with them so, leaving but it. I would, I would probably suggest that Loki intends to be the biggest thing released. Well, yeah, I mean, that is true. For that, for its run. And that's what Disney shows with this. They know they're coming up against something, but they know what the things that they come against is not going to be that big or will only be one week's. If it's a movie, it's only going to be one week. Mm. Whereas obviously they want to keep it, keep things going for 8 to 10 to 13 weeks or so yeah I mean yeah it just it just means I'll have to get creative with my blocked hashtags <laughs> yeah I guess so I mean I'm okay with them spreading things out a little bit more I would like to see them spread things out a little bit more because I don't think it's any worse than yeah okay they release at 8am and that is a problem you know it's not like it's dropping at like 9pm but then we have that same problem when shows go out in the US and you're having to avoid spoilers for the day before something airs oh. the next day of Year. So, I mean, it's, it's something we're fairly used to. So I don't necessarily have a huge issue with them doing that. I would rather have them spaced out a bit because you do sometimes end up with like there's suddenly this, this overwhelming amount of stuff that gets, you know, because as I say, Netflix drop on a Friday, Apple drops on a Friday, Amazon does, Disney Plus generally does. So I would like to see them spread them out a little bit more. I'm okay with them doing that. So anyway, the upshot of that is uh, Loki is now coming a couple of days early it's uh, Wednesday the 9th of June that lands Another new show, HBO released some first look photos for House of the Dragon, which uh, up on the website if you want to go and look at them. Sky Atlantic have also confirmed that they will be airing it, uh, which we kind of assumed was the case, but they have actually confirmed that, and it's uh, coming in 2022 as well. Not much to say from the photos, particularly other than there's the shots of uh, Matt Smith in a wig, but, (laughs) you know, other than that, it all looks very Game of Thrones-like. I'm intrigued to see how well this goes down, because I think people are still very bitter about the last season of Game of Thrones but I'm sure it'll still get an audience either way so much has happened since then man yeah that feels like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah I know that that is true I think people will embrace it I know there are a lot of fans that are still bitter about that final season but I think people will still embrace a new show when it comes back particularly when they start releasing trailers you know so 
we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's coming twenty twenty two anyway. So I imagine that will probably be April. It'll probably go into that slot. And the Muppets have announced they're they're having their first ever Muppet Halloween special. Obviously, Halloween this year. It's called the Muppets Haunted Mansion. So uh, that will be lending. So if you're a fan of the Muppets, you can stick your kids in front of a, a great Muppet special, which is going to have lots of spooky things in it. One other little bit of news, which is literally just landed. The Golden Globes have been cancelled, apparently. Yeah, I saw that. They've just announced that the Golden Globes are being cancelled, which is uh, interesting. This is an ongoing row with the um, Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So not COVID related, but uh, to do with the actual company behind it. Interesting. I didn't know they'd go as far as actually cancelling it, but uh, it's fair. that must be the first time they've ever actually just out and out cancelled it, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Moving on to bigger news stories, NBC has ordered another Law & Order series, just in case you were worried there weren't enough Dick Wolf procedurals kicking around on various networks. Law & Order for the Defence, they've announced, which seemed to come out of nowhere. I didn't even realise they were developing this one, but uh, this this seemed to sort of pop up because we had Law & Order Organised Crime, which is the new show which is now airing in the US, which is uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Maloney returning to his character on there. Law & Order for the Defence is going to apparently take an unbiased look inside a criminal defence firm. Series will put lawyers under the microscope along with the criminal justice system with every week delivering a promise of a contemporary morality tale. So it's being showrun by Carol Mendelson, who has uh, worked on CSI. Lots of experience of uh, those sort of procedurals over there. Dick Wolf said this new show ex- is exciting for me personally. We spent the last 30 years on shows that played offence. We now get to play defence and being able to do it with Carol is an honour and an opportunity for both of us to do television that hasn't been done before. I mean, I don't know about it hasn't been done before. I mean, we've seen legal dramas and defence firm dramas before, but, you know, it's something that they certainly don't seem to have done before, which is uh, kind of interesting, I guess. Do you follow the uh, Law & Order franchises particularly? It's not one that I've ever really gotten into. I do, actually, yes. I've watched Law & Order, the one that was Law & Order. I was a big fan of Criminal Intent, mm-hmm. featuring Daredevil Vet on that. So, yeah, I like it. There has been for ages talk about a Law & Order um, hate crimes unit yeah. um, spin-off for a few years now. But instead we get this. It's going to be interesting to see if it makes it all the way through. I'm not sure about this. I think organized crime has more staying power than this one I would spread off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Some of us can remember um, Lord and Order LA and it's one season. So we'll have to see. Even though SVU has its 22 years, doesn't mean anything Dick will fall with the Lord and Order badge and it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah, I mean, there's been a whole load of them. I mean, criminal intent, trial by jury was one which did last that long true crime as well that really just seemed to have the law and order name slapped on it the hate crime series i think is still kicking around they're talking about moving it to peacock by the looks of things due to the language concern that was the last thing that was sort of said about it but it seems to have dropped off the radar again and now we've got for the defense so there is another one coming i mean we don't know where that will land because not all the law and order series are on sky over here i think svu i think runs on sky and we don't know where organized crime is landing 
landing either. So we'll have to wait and see for that. But I mean, you, you've got to imagine that Sky are probably going to go after it, I would have thought. In other news, we have a uh, UK remake of a French show called Called by Agent. Have you seen any of the French series of this? Because I know it's been kind of on Netflix and I haven't got around to watching any of it yet. No, I have not. The French series has been doing really, really well on Netflix. And, uh, you know, it was oh. kind of popular in France, but it got picked up onto Netflix and it sort of seems to have found a huge audience on there. And there's been a lot of talk about it. So they're now making a UK version of it. There is apparently a fifth season of the original French series and a movie in development. So, I mean, that's how popular it's been. There's like Wait, they've got a remake while the original is still on yes. active. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. the, okay. the original, wow, fr- that's, the original, that's yeah, the original French series is still running and that's got a fifth season coming. The first four seasons are on Netflix UK. There is also a movie mm-hmm. based, a movie continuation apparently in development of the original French series as well. So that's five seasons and a film. But there is also a US remake apparently in development and there is a British remake which is now shooting which they announced the cast for this week. So mm-hmm. um, for those of you that haven't come across this, it's uh, the original show is set in a Parisian talent agency where the staff find themselves scrambling to keep their clients happy and keep the company afloat after the sudden death of their founder. The UK version is basically the same idea except obviously it's not in Paris, it's in London and it's coming from the guy that wrote W1A which gives you some idea of the kind of humour that's going to come out of it. The idea is it will retain the essence of the French series, however it is going to change some of the plot lines and will have a more British sensibility. It's also going to focus a bit more on sort of transatlantic industry and also have nods to sort of British obsessions like the class system and that sort of stuff. That's apparently what they've said. But in terms of the cast, I mean the cast is really good. Uh, John Morton is the after winning writer of W1A that is the person behind it. The Tony-nominated actress Linda Leonard, who is in Gentleman Jack and uh, Absentia, she's playing Alexa, who is uh, the lead character, and Jack Davenport, who you know from Coupling and Pirates of the Caribbean and a load of other things, he's playing Jonathan. Maggie Steele from Chewing Gum in EastEnders and Stella, she's in it. Prasanna Puwana who was in Defending the Guilty and Patrick Melrose, she is in it, and there is a newcomer called Harry Tredevelin who is also in it as well so yeah I mean they've got a good sort of solid main cast you've also got people like Tim McKinney in there from Game of Thrones and of course Blackadder and you've also got Jim Broadbent in there from like well a million different things but Moulin Rouge Iris and a whole bunch of things as well Um, they're taking unspecified roles the other thing of course is because it's based in the world of celebrity agents they have got a lot of guest spots in it so what they're basically doing is lining up a collection of A-list talent from Britain and the US. So it's the type of show that you could get Samuel L. Jackson to pop up on a Zoom call or, I don't know, David Tennant to come in or Tom Cruise to drop by. It's that sort of thing that you could get, uh, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. Okay. So I haven't watched the original French show. I know it is hugely popular. I think just boiling it down to regardless of whether it's based on this French series, the idea of a show from the creator of W1A that is set in this sort of celebrity 
world of of a sort of agency that is kind of struggling to maintain its grip after the death of its founder. I rather like that idea, and I can see that really working quite well. I think the cast is really good. I, I agree. I think it sounds, just from the creator and the premise, it does sound perfect for British TV. I hope it's going to do well. Gives me a kind of vibe of maybe the Ricky Gervais extras as well sort yeah. of thing, mm-hmm. you know, of, of having that kind of thing going on with it as well so you can get some quite big names sort of roped in for just one-off episodes and stuff so i think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch out for but it it will be called call my agent it is being shot right now so it is coming they haven't said where it's going to land it screams bbc to me but i mean they haven't said who's actually going to be airing it but uh, i mean w1a airs on bbc obviously we'll see where it lands but they are shooting it right now in london so uh, we'll see when that lands another new show that's got picked up from from Vikings creator Michael Hurst. He's uh, now having having dealt with like the Tudors with English history and Nordic history with Vikings. He's now turned to America. He's going to do a show based around Billy the Kid. So uh, Billy the Kid, obviously the the famous American outlaw, known as uh, also known as William H. Bonney. It goes from his humble Irish roots to the early days as a cowboy and gunslinger in the American frontier to his pivotal role in the Lincoln County War and beyond. I think this is a really interesting area for him to go into because I loved Vikings. I thought he did a really interesting job with that. And what's quite interesting with somebody like Billy the Kid as well is there is a lot of myth around that character. You know, there are certain historical things, much as there is like with Vikings, but there's also a lot of kind of myths and legends and story around the things that Billy the Kid did. So I can see how he might be drawn to this and how it might work as a show it's been ordered by uh, epics the u.s network so um again don't know where it'll land over here but um i think this this looks like it could be quite an interesting series i don't know whether the american west is anything you're interested in particular yes but i feel like i never got into vikings so i wonder if i would get into something like this right especially with it because it's supposed to be a little bit more historical and i very rarely sort of find myself watching those sort of shows you say historical but then, I mean, if you show the Tudors to any historian, they would laugh at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are there are a number of historical inaccuracies in the Tudors, uh, which, you know, they made alterations for dramatic effect in that. So, I mean, the thing with something like Billy the Kid and the same with Vikings is there is a lot more myth surrounding those characters. And Billy the Kid is an interesting character in the fact that, yes, he was an outlaw, but he wasn't like a psychotic outlaw. He wasn't really a criminal that robbed for material gain. He kind of did it out of necessity in places, and he was kind of very charismatic and stuff. So it's an interesting character to deal with. So I'm sort of intrigued with this, and there are a lot of characters surrounding them. If you ever watched the uh, movie Young Guns, gives you a kind of flavour of the, the mm-hmm. gang that surrounded him and stuff, and uh, you know, you've got a good villain that chasing him in, or it depends, not really a villain, because you've got Pat Garrett, who is the kind of side of the law, but you're sort of rooting for the Billy the Kid character. So it's an interesting story. And uh, I, I'm quite interested in this because I think Michael Hurst does this stuff really, really well. And I can see how this could work quite well. So we'll have to see where it lands over here, but it's been ordered to series for epics. He is also making for Netflix a continuation of Vikings as well. There is a new Viking show which is set 100 years in the future from the original Viking 
series. So it is a sort of continuation. So it's going to have entirely different characters in it, but it continues that Vikings history. So there is that he's working on on top of this as well. So uh, busy guy right now. And the last story we have, which we hinted at earlier, there is some big changes coming to The Flash for next season because uh, both Tom Kavanagh and Karloff Valdez are leaving The Flash after seven seasons. So uh, it has already been renewed for an eighth season, but it will be missing Harrison Wells and Cisco Ramon. I suspect you're up to date. I know I've I've seen the opening episodes of The Flash because of the, having press access to stuff. I'm guessing you're up to date on The Flash as well. We, mm-hmm. we know how Harrison Wells disappeared from the show and uh, they they have left it open for potentially that character to kind of pop back in at some point and uh, it sounds like they're going to do the same with Cisco so it sounds likely he's going to go off somewhere and do something but neither of them are going to be series regulars so they've not it doesn't sound like they're killing the characters off in any way they will be able to come back and pop in if they want to Tom Kavanagh of course had endless amounts of fun playing various versions of Harrison Wells but it had got a bit to the point where he was a becoming a bit like Kenny from South Park. He's like, oh no, they've killed Harrison. Oh, there's another one and he's back next week. So I kind of think that, yeah, maybe where they've ended it with him, I think, yeah, that sort of makes sense with that character. He was actually supposed to leave at the end of season six, but obviously the pandemic shut them down a bit early. So uh, he came back and finished off his arc at the start of season seven. So they have confirmed that that is, that is it for the Harrison Wellses right now. And uh, Cisco will be there for the rest of season seven, but then we'll be leaving. Thor- What's on this? There have been rumours about Carlos Valdez leaving for several seasons. Mm-hmm. So that's not surprising. No. And yet it's understandable with Kavanaugh because it was getting a little ridiculous with the Wells things. Yes. There was only so much longer it could go. I am still surprised that he's leaving before the show itself decides mm. to come to an end. If there is one issue that is brought up again and again with The Flash is that it's always suffering from having too many characters. Yeah. If you move of these two characters definitely might help to tighten up things but even with that we're still talking about the major characters in the flash at the moment would include so obviously barry iris caitlin um chester who's now the replacement engineer but we've also got joe and cecile we have iris's new young reporter camille which is uh, Cisco's girlfriend. So you see, there's still qu- it's still quite a sizable amount of characters that you would like to follow. So I can see why two people have decided to leave. Yeah. You'll have to see how fresh, new, lean Flash team is going to be in season eight. Yeah, and there are a couple of uh, new and old faces popping back as well. They also announced this week, which is um, mm-hmm. season seven will feature the 150th episode of the show, and there there is going to be something of a family reunion because Jessica Parker Kennedy is set to return for a few episodes with Nora West Allen so uh, she will be back as XS which would be interesting because wasn't she erased from existence I seem to remember yeah but then so was Reverse Flash in the very first season yeah that's true yes wibbly wobbly timey wimey yes exactly they're also bringing in another speedster because like we haven't used enough already Uh, they've got Jordan Fisher as Bart Allen although it's a slight change from the comic version of Bart Allen who I think is the grandson of Barry and Iris yes, he's, he's going the grandson to, of Barry yeah, Allen so he's going to be the uh, the son of Barry Allen in this so technically he's he's the brother of Nora as well I guess mm-hmm. 
So uh, they're, they're going to have both of them, which is kind of an interesting uh, changer. I quite like Bart in the comic books. I think he's a, he's a really fun character. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, but they're gonna, it sounds like they're going to have those two. I don't know whether they show up together or show up separately or what. But uh, Well, from on location photos, it seems like they show up together. Right. Okay. Because we've well, makes sense. seen stuff of both of them in costume. Um, yeah. Chilling out what film is. It looks like they're both there. And I also suspect they're both in episode 150. It yeah. would be crazy for them not to. Yeah, exactly. So we've got some new characters coming into the Flash. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, the Arrowverse itself is slimming down somewhat. And I mean, there is possibly, I don't know, the, there's the painkiller pilot still kicking around, which they haven't decided on. They haven't, I suppose. That will happen, what, next week when we start getting the upfronts? Yeah. We'll find out for sure whether or not that's coming in. Because it seems like if it does, it should come in for next season. Mm. Even if it's like a, a late one, a mid-season or something, it would seem strange for them to wait until October. Over 22. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, we've got Black Lightning leaving. We've got Supergirl leaving. We did have Superman and Lois come in, but th- mm-hmm. that's, it feels, even though it's the same characters, if you've seen any of it, feels like a yeah, separate I still, entity. Yeah, I refuse, I refuse to say that it's part of the, of the same after that Barry and the rest of them are on, because that makes no sense. Yeah, sort of with you there, because it, just in the, in the production values alone, it seems like it's head and shoulders above the rest of them. I mean, it's a very different feel to that show than the other shows. I really, really like the Superman and Lois series from the... I've seen a couple of episodes from the Press Access stuff and uh, that I really, really enjoyed. But it doesn't feel like part of the Arrowverse. I do wonder whether we're going to see the whole Arrowverse thing kind of splinter a bit now because we've got other DC shows coming in. We've got things coming like the Mm -hmm. the Green Lantern series, which is, again, it is a Belanti show, but it is coming to HBO Max rather than being on the uh, main network. So that's not necessarily going to to be connected you've got Stargirl which is sort of shared by HBO Max and the CW but again that's a different earth then you've got things like the Titan series as well which is HBO Max and that's separate so and that's yet another earth yeah and then Doom Patrol which is in fact yet another earth and Naomi is coming yeah and that's also another earth I guess so they are sort of splitting them up quite a lot right now so I do wonder what they're going to end up doing with the older Arrowverse shows because I mean there's only so much like yeah. the Flash can keep going. Legends mm-hmm. sort of does this. It's interesting because there are like rumors of the CW wanting to do yet another crossover. And like a crossover with who? Yeah. There's hardly anyone left now. Yeah. So I, yeah, so that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you've got Batwoman still going, but I mean, fine. And, you know, that lost its lead actress in the first season. And then, I mean, it's it's still kind of going. And they're doing all right from what I've seen of the episodes of it. But it's sort of, again, that feels sort of disparate and disconnected. You know, I mean, it's funny because they sort of, they built to that crisis event, which was great. And then it all sort of seems to have fallen apart from that point. <laughs> So um, yep. we'll have to see what happens from now on. I think it will be very telling if that Painkiller series doesn't get picked up yep. as to the direction they're probably heading in. So we'll wait and see what, if anything, gets announced at the upfronts next week. But there's something to keep an eye out for. So that's the state of things with The Flash anyway. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> 
Highlights for next week. We have Mock the Week returning for its 20th series. That will be back on the 13th of May at 10pm. Also on the 13th of May, over on Netflix, you have the fourth and final season of Castlevania, which is the animated series inspired by the classic video game that's on Netflix for the fourth and final season. The Underground Railroad comes to Amazon Prime on the 14th of May, which is a show which seems to be kicking around for years, but has finally been finished and is coming up. Uh, that's about the Underground Railroad, which was the sort of way they used to funnel slaves out in the South in America, I seem to remember. So uh, that's coming on the 14th of May onto Amazon Prime. A high School Musical, the musical, the series season two, which is the most ridiculous title ever. That is coming on the 14th of May to Disney+. Plus. Domina, which is this ancient Rome series told from the sort of perspective of the women of ancient Rome. That's a new series coming to Sky Atlantic. That's on the 14th of May as well. That's at 9pm. Trying Season 2, which is a show starring Race Ball and Esther Smith about a couple who are uh, trying to have a baby. That is coming on the 14th of May on Apple TV+. Plus. Love, Death and Robots Season 2, that comes on the 14th of May. This is what I was saying about Fridays. 14th of May, Season 2, Love, Death and Robots. This is the adult animated anthology series. Very different animations from episode to episode. The episodes run about sort of 20, 15 minutes each. Really interesting series. I love the first season of this. A very mixed bag of sort of comedy and hard sci-fi and different animation styles. Really, really interesting show. But I love Death and Robots season two. That's the 14th of May on Netflix. And then on the 17th of May on Sky Atlantic, we get The Nevers, which is this uh, series that follows a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. They're dropping the entire first half of the season so that's all six episodes will drop onto Sky Atlantic from the 17th of May and Sky on Demand and the now box set written by Josh Whedon but we say that bit quietly <laughs> so it looks like it could be quite good and uh, the reviews seem to be okay for it so uh, the Nevers that is coming for season 1A that's on Sky Atlantic on the 17th of May if you want to catch that so that is everything we have coming for this week. If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you? They can find me over at Hollywood North News, which is hollywoodnorthnews.net. Find me there and check out my recaps of stories. I should be getting a longer piece out on Jupiter's legacy when I get some time and support the site. Yeah, go and support Daryl over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for uh, all their TV coverage over there. Bex, of course, you can go and find on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites who be streaming daily and various evenings she uh, had a very fun birthday stream because it was her birthday this week and uh, she had a, had a really fun stream where she was trying to cook a cake cake kind of came out a bit more pancake than cake but she managed not to burn the kitchen down so you know on a plus side <laughs> that was quite good streaming sort of gaming and uh, retro gaming and, and just silly chat and general goofiness over there so uh, that's twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's Bites with a Y go and check her out there Matt, you can find over on entertainmenttalk.org, who has lots more podcasts over there, menu podcast and TV show stuff. We're doing Breaking Bad season two at the moment. I'm doing that with him right over there. We did uh, their review of Invincible recently as well. So uh, go and check out Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org. And Gray, of course, you can find on Twitter at uh, Gray the Geek. That's Gray with an A. Uh, go and find Gray over there. For us, you can get to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest 
air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast.geekdown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geekdown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geekdown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geekdown, and on Instagram at Geekdown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.